Hey everyone, you stumbled across Coffee and Crystals. I'm Katie Cronister, your motivator and host. And on this spiritual podcast, I will share knowledge that I've gained through a highly caffeinated life, as well as my journey here on this earth as a yogi. While we'll be exploring my love for all things crystals and wellness, I'll also be introducing you to some of my good friends, mentors, gurus, family members, and other key influencers who have really touched my life. In every episode, I invite you into my heart, and I really look forward to this adventure we're about to go on together. So, pour yourself a cup of coffee, stay hydrated, and let's dig into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back. I am very excited to share with you today's crystal, which I have identified as a sheet quartz. There's many different forms of the crystal, and I'm saying that with air quotes. Um, Just like the OG type crystal, the clear ones that most people are familiar with, um, there's many different shapes and specific healing that each different type of crystal um, brings to your environment. So different energies, um, different things will resonate you um, to the different types of crystals that are out there. And I found this one on my bookshelf next to my bed and I kind of looked up different, you know, crystals to identify which one it was. And I think it's a sheet quartz. When you look down at it, it's very clear. And when I looked this up, it this crystal is um, said to provide dimensions um, into past lives or give you the ability to go deep within yourself. This crystal encourages um, just like psychic potential. It helps with stimulating the third eye, which can help with vis- vis- visualization. Gosh, couldn't say that word. And spiritual vision. So using this crystal, this sheet crystal in meditation, it can take you deep into a place where you can find answers or clarity. I thought this was really cool because I've always said to people that when you are seeking um, to find a new crystal to really just pick something that you feel is drawing to you, like a crystal that it's almost like this dual energy, like that crystal wants you, you want it. And I felt like this is what this crystal did to me. And my mom just called me yesterday, kind of like freaking out about really feeling like she was in tune with her grandfather who is now dead. So she really feels like he's trying to contact her and send her a message. But honestly, she's also been like, really like missing her dad and really wanting answers just about this whole other world of the family that we never really got to know. So she was kind of like calling me for like, what do you think? You know, she felt like I could really help her with this because everybody else was kind of like, I don't know, this story is a little nuts. And she's like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, I think that you should be looking at this as a good thing. Like, you know, if, if somebody you feel is contacting you or you're getting some sort of message from another realm, like that is a blessing. I don't know, just a different way to think about it. So I thought it was interesting that this is the crystal that I picked to educate on for today's episode. So, you know, it's always full circle around here. So I hope you enjoy your month. You know, it's spring in LA and it's freaking beautiful, but I also want to say that this episode is very important to me. It's important to this next journey that I'm embarking on and I'm excited to just go deep and I'm going to be using this sheet crystal to contact maybe, hmm, 
I feel like there's some, my grandmother is always around me, but I think I'm going to contact my papa and maybe just like come up with a list of questions that I would ask him if he was alive. And I don't know, let's see what comes out of it. So I hope this episode and this crystal information is helpful. And as always, stay hydrated. You grow up thinking and hearing about the American dream. Society paints this picture of this perfect life, this master plan, and we're all sort of brainwashed into thinking that this is the way. There isn't really directions or coaches or, you know, loan support to kind of reach that American dream. I guess everyone is supposed to just be born into a family where you'll be able to have safety, security, financial support, love. Number one is love and nurturing. You know, the American dream is kind of goes like this. You have a mom and a dad, you go to school, you get the degree, then you get the internship and you start to apply because you need to get that high paying job. Then you get married and then kids and dogs. And, you know, it's funny because I'm 36. I'm going to be 37 this summer. And I don't, I'm not really one of those people that freaks out about how old they are, but there is like, there, there has been, you know, this thought in my mind lately. It's like, geez, I just, I can't believe at 36, you know, after chasing what I've pinpointed as the American dream all my life, I am like in this non-traditional situation, you know, I'm 36, no kids, did the whole domesticated life thing. And now I have been single for the longest that I've been in my adult life. And I actually really just truly feel like I am starting to full force confidently speak my truth and live my purpose daily. And in the rituals that I have created and the discipline, it's back. And I almost like see that North Star. I have have a vision again on where I'm headed. So I was really inspired to talk today a little bit about my American dream and the struggle that I have had um, for survival and how that had really fueled my dreams growing up. So my road to purpose was the hustle and the scrappiness of chasing my dreams because that dream really became the realization that that would be the only road for me out of the fear that I was living in. The attainment of my dreams became my entire life. The realization that um, this dream was actually my goal and would be my way out of Fort Myers, Florida. And this is, if I was able to reach the top of that mountain, if I was able to just get myself out of this situation, do better, be better, I would never be ashamed of myself again. I would never be embarrassed at school of, you know, who I was and where I came from. I knew that I would have food on the table. I would be able to eat. I'd be able to, you know, go see the mo- a movie with my friends and be able to get a new computer so I could do my homework easily. 
the dream became my fight. I had no choice. And if you got in the way of my dream, you definitely became the enemy. And this was this is really another characteristic that I now have to be mindful of of this addiction of, you know, anyone anyone or anything that got in the way of my dream because it was habitual for me. It was a survival tactic. My purpose became my dream. And today I really feel like my one of my biggest purposes in my life is to help others reach their dream and, you know, pave the course to, um, you know, or create a path for them with them to reach higher for themselves. I built discipline by focusing on my dreams and big goals is how I got my next step in the game. You know, this was if I crushed a dream, then that meant that, you know, I was doing better for myself. So what is next? What do I feel like the American dream should be rewritten as? What am I working on? You know, what's this big shift I keep talking about that I am on? And I really feel like it is, you know, for me to focus more on the dream and, you know, less of the desire. So the real dream is not a desire. It's your actual purpose. So purpose and desire are similar, but they are also very different. Desire is personal and purpose is something that you are fighting for. And I really really feel like in the last three years, you know, ego has really taken over and it was, my purpose has kind of been like overshadowed with a lot of desire. Like I thought that I wanted things and I was actually crushing it. I have traveled a ton. I've got to do a lot of cool things in the last couple of years. Like my success has, you know, given me a lot of joy and a lot of opportunity, but it also kind of created me to be all over the place and I wasn't able to have clarity on a daily basis where I knew exactly what my purpose was. So I had to kind of get quiet in this shift period of my life and break out the vision boards, get out the dry erase boards, the post-it notes, the calendars, the agendas, and truly create a syllabus for myself on what this next chapter is going to look like. You know, I'm going to be 37 this summer. And although I really, I'm not not like an age person, but I feel like lately everyone's kind of reminding me that like my eggs are starting to rapidly decline and that I need to decide if I want to have kids or not. So so I feel like the kid that I've decided I've ha- I want is you know to really what is my next chapter going to look like you know what is my next ten years um, going to say about my life so that I can more fully live my purpose but you know make it clear to others what exactly you know I want to be known for and here on this podcast you know, my, I'm living out my purpose. I really hope that each episode after you listen to it, you are inspired to crazy dream the most like woo woo over the top thing for yourself. And then, you know, you drink a Celsius or a coffee and you get started. You don't wait because I think that, you know, if you put in the work, 
every choice you make is a fight for your training of your purpose. You either do your best all the time or you don't. So you're either chasing your dream with all you got or you're not. So if you're training for the next thing, you're training towards your dreams. And, you know, if you get really good at really good behavior and spiritual wellness, you are going to start to see more signs in your life. You're going to be more flexible so that your responses to obstacles and to things that come up on in your life, you know, your the discipline of your purpose and your dream is just so ingrained into your daily routine that you're able to stay on track. So that's really what this next chapter for me is going to look like. I am going to be spending a lot more time doing what I love, de-stressing. Um, and, and when I say de-stressing, I'm really just cr- like removing clutter, removing toxicity. And that is what I'm eating, what I'm choosing to consume, you know, the time spent behind the scenes here at Crystals and Coffee is going to be way more intentional Why I build a wider range of um, guests and topics. And I'm just really excited to, you know, live my own American dream and really also share along my survival tactics, air quotes there, to manifesting my biggest dreams and making shit happen. So I thought it'd be cool if I just run through a list of some mentors and teachers in my life and just talk about some advice that they gave me and some fun stories. I recently had the opportunity to meet the CEO of Beyond Yoga And it was a FaceTime meeting and she popped on the call and she was just wearing her yoga bra. She had like a lip on, her hair was all cute. She had like this fabulous like background. I knew she was in LA because she said she was in LA because she told me about the window she had in between Pilates and some conference call she had. And then, you know, she had to pick up the kids and then she's like done working by five and When she popped on video in her sports bra, I was, like, super inspired by that. I was like, okay, so, like, I don't know if I'm going to, like, work for you or if we're going to do business together, but I do know that I need a job where I am the CEO and I am fielding candidates and recruiting and having business conversations in my yoga bra. One of my very first influential bosses in the retail space was really someone that just still kind of cracks me up to this day. She was intense. She was hardcore, but she had the most like infectious laugh and she was very caring and she was also just a badass. She always dressed really cool. She always kind of had a little bit of an attitude. She was very witty and, you know, quick to respond, sarcastic, and she was definitely a girl boss. She showed up in heels and blazers often. And I told her one day when, you know, after she gave me my first experience as a store manager in Miami and Coral Gables, I called that store my dollhouse. I now call my apartment my dollhouse. So there's a little bit of parallel correlates and thought there. But um, 
she gave me my first store and then she also was the lady who got me to New York. I told her I wanted to move to the Northeast. I wanted to move to New York so bad. Shared with her the dream and she made it happen. She laid down the foundation. She told me what I needed to do. She set me up with partners that could help me get there. She was just the epitome of boss lady. She always had the best team in the district when we would fly around the country to conferences. We would just show up like like the crew of like the cast of friends. I mean, we were just, we nailed it. So it wasn't just me that she impacted. She had a really great lens for talent and I was super lucky to meet her and be a part of her team. But she met me in New York to kind of just catch up with me. You know, she flew in from Miami and we had dinner at a restaurant. Gosh, I wish I remembered what it was called. It's probably not there anymore. So much in um, Midtown has changed since I lived there, but we actually had dinner in Times Square. Times Square, yes. Uh, we worked for Loft at the time, and their big flagship headquarters was in Times Square, 42nd and 7th, I believe, or 42nd and 6th. So we had business and then we went to dinner and I just remember her telling me like, Katie, you got to get out of the city. I was just like, I think I talked for like three hours straight, just like complaining and telling her about this and this hustle and like this is going on and that's going on. And she literally just picked up her water because she was hydrating and looked at me and laughed. And she goes, Katie, you got to get out of here before this city just eats you alive. And I was like, what? No, like. I, I begged you to get me here. Like, this is my dream. What is she talking about? But it still kind of caught me in my tracks and made me speechless. And honestly, to this day, she was so right. I was not in the right headspace um, for New York. It's almost like it, it really was a rat race, which a rat ran across the freaking dining room table at that dinner. BTS, behind the scenes, the rat was there. But anyway, um she really did kind of, you know, push me to get out of New York in a sense of that was really when I started my being really serious about my yoga practice. And I just like saw visions of jungle and, you know, teacher training and beaches and just the idea of having a little bit more space outside of my studio on the Upper East Side and, you know, living by a beach that, again, I just felt like that was all kind of like the dreamy visuals that I was having in my life. And I was like, yeah, I think, man, that was kind of the first time I thought, I think I'm going to go to California. I think like the next stop for me would be California. I've added in the show notes a coupon code for the clinical strength collagen that I am taking every day. This collagen called Trim helps restore a youthful skin glow. It improves muscle tone and it really just inhibits fat storage. Trim goes beyond weight management with a unique combination of clinically tested ingredients for a body transformation experience. If you want to hear more about Trim or other products that I have taken and added into my daily rituals, please reach out. I'd love to chat. Stay healthy. 
I remember when I first moved to LA, I mean, you just see like the difference of what LA people look like versus everyone else in the world. And I say that because like, honestly, the community just, you know, it takes care of themselves. We work out, we eat healthy. There is a lot, a lot of work that is being done on some peeps, but at the end of the day, it is like motivating. It's like, gosh, like, you know, it's like with hanging with the Joneses, you got to kind of stay with the pack, but it, it motivates me in a positive way. Like I never get down about it, to be honest. I know people are like, I don't know how you live in LA. It's so fake. But at the end of the day, it's, it's also, you know, it's the city of angels. It can be inspiring. But I remember when I was interviewing with an Australian company for the first time and one of my like favorite bosses, Will, um, I almost said his last name, but I should probably, you know, respect his rights. Will, he was in the interview process and he was like trying to ask me questions of like how I was going to bring this intense workout brand to the United States. How was I going to be the brand ambassador? You know, he was, he kind of was like alluding at like, are you fit enough for this job? And I was just like, okay, is he really asking me that? Like, is he like, is this okay? Can he like be saying this in an interview? But I, um, I really do feel like that that like got me into one of some of the best shape that I've ever been in my life when I worked for that company. I mean, their whole vision was human performance multiplied. So I think he was really, this is like one of the mentors and bosses in my life that really coached me through getting the mindset when you take on a role or a project. If you can't find purpose in that job um, or connect with, you know, a brand or an opportunity in a way that it's aligned with your purpose, then, you know, it's kind of a waste of your time. There's so many different jobs and projects out there. And so, you know, Will was a boss of mine that really helped me like live and breathe um, who I worked for. And that was just such a cool experience. I got into really great shape. I got to see other countries um, for that was the first time that I really traveled abroad in the workspace. And that guy was just freaking awesome. He was like, he held you accountable, but he was also your freaking cheerleader. Like he wanted you to win and he was definitely like a dad and he was very nurturing and very serious. Um, but also had just like that cool Oz laid back mentality. My past boss, Pam was the first person ever to describe me as a perfectionist. And she used it in kind of like a coaching way. Like she was kind of pissed off. She was like, you know, the re- she was talking about me and this marketing person. We were kind of on our outs and I think it was, or we were in an argument over like a timeline that I was pushing forward. And I, I was probably just like being crazy. Like this guy was like, a good worker, but he wasn't going to do like anything extra. And I, I just like, couldn't wrap my head around that. (laughs) Like we needed to build a brand. I needed this, 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 and this. I outlined it. I followed up like, what am I going to do? And so Pam got onto the phone and she was just like, whoa, like you are the problem with you not working well with this person is because you are a perfectionist, Katie. And not everybody is going to show up like you every day. And you need to stop thinking and that, and assuming that everyone is going to be like you and she was like so mad but it also was kind of like a compliment and it just kind of let me left me feeling a little confused but 
to this day when people are like, what is your opportunity? Now I know what to say because it's true and I coach it back when I see it now because I'm just like, whoa, 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 you're awesome, but the way you're reacting like makes the fact that you're on top of it less awesome. So it was a really good lesson. Oh, the restaurant business. I just loved my experience working in hospitality. I don't remember loving it at the time. Like if only I knew that my purpose is definitely like in the present moment then and you know even if I was perfect at it now I think life would probably feel a little bit more at ease but you know I couldn't wait to get out of hospitality and now I just like think back about that experience and how good it was for me but I had two you know bosses that I think about often one was Jimmy he was an older like in his 70s Greek man and he really just you know helped me realize and map out what it felt like to have a family vibe. It was a family-owned Greek family in Tallahassee. It was kind of like away from the college. So even just going to work made you feel like you were like going home, you know, going to the countryside. And, you know, he really just made you feel like family. And he always like, you could tell that I was one of his favorites for sure. He made me head weight and he used to always give me like the biggest, best, business tables because he knew that not only was I the one of the best servers for real best personality I'd say um but he like you know he liked me so he took care of me and he used to like give me free appetizers sometimes and like you know I always went in early and had like a salad and soup and coffee and watched Judge Judy with Jimmy before like the first table started rolling in if you were an opener and I just remember one time like telling this chef like oh yeah just add a ribeye medium rare da, da, da. like ordered my whole meal like and behind Jimmy as a joke and he looked at me and he goes oh Katie I like you but not that much and then there was Miss Paula she really was such a hard working woman I also felt like family working with her and her catering business and at her cafe restaurant in Tallahassee what an amazing job. I was able to meet really cool people. Um, and Paula really just became somebody that I very much needed. She's a mother figure. She's a friend and all of my good friends worked for Paula at some point or at the same time as me. So we have a lot of amazing, fun memories that, you know, just had us like belly laughing. So that was like some hustle days. Like you learn to multitask working for Paula and she was definitely a perfectionist, but when, when someone's your chef, it's kind of a good thing that she's a perfectionist. And she was also very clean and just very thrifty. She was just, she's such a badass. What a cool woman. And she really taught me that it is possible to be good friends, best friends, and in love with people that you work with and love in like a friendship loving way. Like we worked so well and we respected each other. And it was just such a little family that she created um, working for her. And I really know that like in any job that I have, I'm going to bring that because, you know, a very important mentor in my life brought that for me. Well, that is all today. I hope that this is inspiring you on the first day of May to take your purpose seriously, to create your own American dream and to, you know, just remember the mentors and teachers of your life and be grateful for them. And if you are, you know, 
if you're lucky enough to be in someone's life, um, if you are a mentor, a teacher, or a leader, just remember to lead with your purpose, lead with your heart. And just thank you so much for listening. Every listen and share helps build and grow this community. So leave a comment. Let me know how you feel about the episode and tune in next time. Make sure you stay hydrated.